Folks, it's going to be an interesting week as we delve into some risky business. AEW, double or nothing. WWE's new 24-7 championship. And so much more is in store for you. But first, we got to give a quick shout-out to Quality's T-Shirt Co. of Wilmer, Minnesota. Our good friends. Uh, that dude Saint is Got your back on all your custom tees, sublimation, heat transfer, vinyl, and decals. Special gifts, sports team shirts, wedding memorabilia, concert merch, or t-shirts for any occasion. Just, you got yourself some extra money, you want to, you know, throw Spongebob on a shirt, moon in the Nazis, go for it. He'll do it. Just uh, hit him up. Right price, right quality, and right now he's got a sponsorship going on for all you small business owners out there. For 200 bucks down six months, every t-shirt you order will be packaged with a custom business card for you. Get your company name out there more. Sealed in a package. It makes it special. They might hold on to it a little bit longer. Qualities T-Shirt Co. Wilmer, Minnesota. Hit them up at QualitiesT-ShirtCo at gmail.com for all your inquiries. And stay tuned. Because pretty soon, Cloud Style Broadcasting is going to have some Qualities merch in his house. It's going to be beautiful. And of course, you can't have one without the other. Monster Wear Clothing has got your back on all small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, folks, along with custom services, custom graphic services, and logo design offered. Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for all your branding needs. T-shirts and more is what's in store. Fat Mac, what do you know? What I know is it is T-minus 55 days to the most galactic event of the universe. And of course, we are talking about the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 air quotes moon landing. And that's going to be at the uh, no air quotes fourth annual galactic get down. Oh, air quotes, Fat Mac, come on. We all know that the the footage got ruined and the radiation on the return to Earth. They had to set that stuff up in a studio. Yeah, it wasn't Stanley Kubrick's fault. I mean, he had to do what he had to do. He's a patriot. He's a saint. He's he's a founding father. It's kind of like that movie where they rented those DVDs from the store and then they lost them, so they had to refilm them and bring them back. Be kind, rewind. There you go. See, you know what I was talking about. That was a shitty movie. Never seen it, to be honest. Never seen it. You know what I have seen, though, Pacey? I have seen a three-day outer space-themed music and camping festival, and that would be the Galactic Get Down. You've not seen one. You've seen all of them. One includes all of them, and all of them include one. <laughs> you know, all for one and one for all. Didn't you ever see the, the Three Musketeers? It's similar to the Three Amigos, but less Hispanic. <laughs> of course. Yes, you can find this festival in Houston, Minnesota. Kind of ironic, isn't it, folks? We're just saying. At the breathtaking Outback Ranch. We got so many great artists for you. I mean, we're talking about Whiskey for the Lady. We're talking about Mikey D. We're talking about Hot Pink Hangover. We're talking about Karate Chop. Silence. We're talking about Splimit. Of course, Space Monkey Mafia. Space Monster, Gin Strings, Luminos, Chase Ingram, Sammy Danger Strings, Gus Royale, the Bob Pat Band, Rampant Roots, and let us not forget the hosts, Dead Larry. 
course, Galactic Get Down is brought to you by Vicarious Visions, Dead Larry, and Seahorse Productions. If you go there, you are going to have fun, pasty, I kid you not, 24-7. And I say 24-7 even though it's three days. That's how much fun you're going to get in this is 24-7 fun in three days, pasty. How do we even start on this one? This is uh, the newest uh, turd pulled from the ass of Vince McMahon uh, when the show hadn't been fully written up until the time the show aired. Let's throw this out here. First, we knew that there was going to be a new title. We have learned since that they announced a new title before they knew what the new title was, allegedly. <laughs> so what were a couple of our thoughts, Pacey? We were like, oh, shit, there's a new title. Of course, everybody had their own thoughts, their speculations, yes. their bouncing shit around. What? I actually just took my my theorem down from the Book of Faces. I had it up on B-Sticks podcast Facebook page earlier. But uh, I had it speculated that it was going to be a Legends Championship and that this was going to come and play at uh, the Saudi Arabia show. Oh, like TNA. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, wouldn't be the first time, right? It wouldn't be the first time WWE ripped him off. No, it wouldn't, and it won't be the last. I was thinking, like, yeah, a Legends Championship. It would come and play at Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia, you know, it, it, that's what those shows are. It's it's for the, for the very, very casual Saudi Arabian fans. They're the only ones that have gotten the greatest Royal Rumble belt that's never appeared on any other show. Right, right. Somebody was just posting on, on one of the groups this week saying that Braun Strowman, before you know it, is going to outrain um, um, the UK champion Pete Dunne and his, his long reign. Oh, he's gonna. He is still the reigning greatest Royal Rumble champion. Yeah, was the only green belt until this week. <laughs> I don't know. I know they got a 50-man battle royal at this next event, but it is is it a greatest Royal Rumble event or just a 50-man Royal Rumble? I would have to assume they don't want to call it Greatest Royal Rumble again, and I would just assume that it's just a switch to this, and that's the event. I don't know. Hard to say because they're not really they're not really announcing it so much. All the all the talk right now has been about um, Goldberg versus Undertaker, and that's where I thought the Legends title would come into play. Goldberg versus the Undertaker. Goldberg yep. beats Undertaker, gets the Legends Championship, and then oh thank God Brock cashes in to win the Legends Championship. So it doesn't matter if he has it because he's not there ever. We didn't get that, though. Uh, spoilers. Spoilers, Pasty. Spoilers. Oh, God. Yeah. Hello. Brock. Well, I mean, you know, Brock. Brock cashes in his being Brockness, you know, the front of the line budding. That Brock he... can get whatever he wants. Yeah, right. You know, if you if you were sticking at Disable, you'd be able to get whatever you want too, buddy. <laughs> but you're not. Yeah, that's what I thought we were going to get, but that's not what we got. What we got was a tiny... Tiny. Did they get smaller than that? I mean, pretty soon you will use it to hold your pants up, and you'll have to call it a belt, right? I, th- I think at some point you have to call it a belt. Actually, uh, they, they did call it a belt on TV when it, was, when it was unveiled. They called it a belt like three or four times. Yeah, it's no longer a taboo word. Once, once Becky became two-belt Becky, Vince lifted that ban. You still can't call it a strap or title, but you can call it a championship. You can call it a belt. I think they know because I think they can call it a title. I just don't think you can call it a strap. But okay. I, I swear I've heard them use the term title in we- recent weeks. Which means the next time that they want to have like a strap match, now they're going to have to have a lengthy leather attachment match because you can't <laughs> use the term strap. 
I want to see that. I want to see AJ Styles and Seth Rollins in a rematch in a lengthy leather attachment match. A lengthy leather tether match. I like the the flow of that. A leather tether. Lengthy leather tether. That's going to be their new pay-per-view. WWE's lengthy leather tether. But first, they have to fight their way out of the popcorn stand. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about this twenty four seven champion shit a little bit, because this is um. At first, I was really mad. I was really mad because it's like it's a hardcore title without the hardcore. But the more I think about it, it's. I think there's hope. For starters, they said that the third hour of Raw is going to be dedicated to it. And during the third hour of Raw, like, they, they darkened the lights. They took away all the excess graphics. It was black graphics with white outline yeah, and the flat red Raw logo. It was like old school again. Right. Yeah, it's a completely different setup now. And that's the only time they could do the 24-7, right? Ah, Which is kind of redundant. That's what they say, but they say it can be, you know, anybody on any brand from NXT to 205 Live, Raw, SmackDown, NXT UK, anybody can get yeah, it. Yeah, but still, that's, I get that. That's anybody. Yeah. But the fact that they have a 24-7 belt that can only be done within one hour of one show is, is the extreme <laughs> exact opposite of 24-7, is it not? Right. Yeah, no. If if they are going to go forward that way, and I mean, so far they have. It was only defended on, on Raw, and it was Titus O'Neil had it first, Bobby Roode had it there, and then R-Truth got it. And I mean, face it, R-Truth is the guy who should have it. He's the best. Yes. Well, remember, he is defending the European Championship. <laughs> yeah, that's he what said he said. He will defend the European Championship. He will, <laughs> for sure. So I, I, I believe him. But it, it's good because it's good for the jobbers. They're gonna get <laughs> ring time. They're, they're gonna, you know, the funny people are gonna get noticed for being funny, and they're gonna be able to do it on TV and not just on YouTube. Granted, I think the YouTube platform is what this title should be used for, and it should be changing hands all the time. Yes. I agree. And there. and I was at first I was really salty because it's the hardcore title without the hardcore. But for the fact that it's falls count anywhere, you just got to have a ref with you. I mean, who's to say it can't be hardcore? They just don't want to say the word hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, this is a title that it has a shelf life of one to two years and then you pull it. I mean, it, it can't go longer than two yeah. years. Uh, one and a half. I, personally, Let it I go until it loses funds. I it, well, no, they're not going to pull it next week, Pasty. They're not going to pull it next week. <laughs> they got to let it go a little farther after it loses fun. But, um... I actually... You know, I would love to see Brock Lesnar win it. As terrible oh, as that is, he doesn't defend. But just seeing happen. people try to mob him and take it from him. Yeah, but that definitely won't happen because Vince knows that's above him. So let's just bust it out here. As far as we can tell from most reports and from most speculation is that one reason for this despicable belt is probably that USA Network officials are complaining about the drop in ratings for Raw's third hour. And USA has been pushing Vince to try to fix the third hour as the 10 to 11 p.m. hour of the show, which is the third hour in Eastern Standard Time, used to be the highest rated until recent years, probably right. the last five years or more even but usa officials have allegedly been sending wwe all sorts of ideas as of late in an attempt to bring up the third hour numbers one anonymous source close to the situation allegedly described the ideas as quote all terrible 
but their best idea was the 24-7 title, and Vince knew he had to take one of them to please USA Network. That's what we got, and you know what? If WWE does make the best of it, it could be fun for a short period of time, for sure. I agree with you, Pasty. See, and with the changing of the of the of the arena in the third hour, it also has me thinking like, go go TV fourteen with it. And in the third hour, why not? Any parent with their kids should should their kids shouldn't be up watching TV at that time anyway. You know what I mean? At Eastern Standard Time, that's ten to eleven p.m. Yeah. yeah, your kids should be in bed. That should be adult time. So yeah, have your first two hours family oriented content, and then flip the switch and have more than just the twenty four set. Don't don't dedicate that whole hour to it. Like have like more like Samoa Joe style matches, your your Bray Wyatt style matches. You know, like the the fucking gritty. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be bloody, but make it more aggressive. But remember, Pasty, that's not up to Vince McMahon, and that isn't up to USA Network. That is up to the sponsors. The sponsors decide what I they're going to put that, on. But with that all time. it, with with AEW announcing they're going to have a TV fourteen program, don't you think that the sponsors would be a little bit more willing to give now? Not until they see a numbers difference. Yeah, I suppose. But I, I see it coming sometime here in the if future. If WWE, you know, if they start, and we know they're going to start at lower numbers in WWE, that's just, I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's, you don't come in, you don't start a new cola and beat Coca-Cola your first month in. It doesn't happen. We get that. But yeah, until they start seeing any kind of competitive numbers, they're going to say, well, of course, WWE's doing better numbers. That's what we need to do. So, I I don't know. And ratings were up a little bit this week. They were up a little bit. It doesn't mean much. <laughs> it, it, it moved. Yeah, it didn't have to do with the 24 title. I mean, but give it time. No, it, it definitely had to do with something else. But uh, give it time. And and just, I'd say, like, let the, let the, the people who are going after this 24 title, let them be a little less scripted even. Let you know the what wrestlers I mean? have your fun with be it. Be how you want your character to be. Yeah. If you let them have fun with it, this could be the best thing you've done for the company in a long time. Granted, it does have a shelf life. It's not permanent. It can't be. And you know, Pacey, talking about fun, I have a fun little note here that just made me giggle when I see it. The Waffle House took to Twitter to poke fun at this new 24-7 belt of WWE's. They shared the image of Mick Foley holding up the championship belt, and the restaurant joked about how they were missing their 24-7 sign. (laughs) You know, it's honestly a pretty clever way for the company to remind folks that it is a 24-7 restaurant. And honestly, judging by the responses it got, it was a good move from the Waffle House, because they got, uh, I think, (laughs) 100,000 clicks or shares or tweets or whatever, we have it up on the Facebook, on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast. So if you want to see it and check it out, I mean, they did good with it. And you know, it honestly looks like you could have slapped that underneath any random restaurant sign and it, it would fit right in. <laughs> it really does. It really does. Did you see the clip of uh, Foley? Did you, did you watch Foley unveiling it, too? No, I heard Foley said that he did a shitty Through job like of it. Three quarters of his promo, half of the title is hanging out of the bag. So you could already see what mostly what it is. And it was just sad. And then that prompted AEW, I think, this is my speculation, but I think that prompted AEW's response when they had that comedian 
show off their title in the bag, and he tried to get it out of the bag, but he couldn't. And he's like, well, I guess you'll have to wait then. <laughs> so I think I think that was in response to the Foley thing. I like it. And like I said, I at first I hated this. I was very furious. I messaged you right away about it, but uh, it's uh, it can, it it can be. We're just good. gonna have to wait and see. Good. Honestly, I mean that's just the only way it is. It can't only be defended on Raw. It's not a twenty four seven championship if it's only defended on Raw. One thing we don't need to wait and see, Pasty, is the results of Money in the Bank because they happened last Sunday. Yes, they did. I uh, I enjoyed what I saw, but I have to admit the mid uh, middle of the pay-per-view was kind of nap time for Pasty. Well, you know, there were matches that were announced that didn't happen. There were matches that happened that weren't announced. The pre-show went from seven matches to one match. I don't know what they filled the rest of their two-hour pre-show with. I don't know if you watched it. Did you, Pasty? I watched, I didn't, I never catch the whole thing. I always tune in about 15, 20 minutes in. Yeah, so right who knows what there. the fuck, but, uh, uh, what they did. I don't know. It was, it was basically just some backstage stuff and interviews and, and you know, the, the normal. It, it still felt like a normal pre-show. I was surprised that there was only the one match on it. It was just some crap. I mean, it is shitty. And then they put yeah, three yeah. of their biggest stars on there. And Eric Rowan. <laughs> oh, man, I messed that up. Pacey, you know what would have been great is if I would have said three of their biggest stars and Jay Uso. Like, just threw out one of the Usos. Just one. <laughs> not both of them. Just one. I should have did that. But, the, you know what? It's lost now. I screwed up. I, I didn't do it. And forever I shall be shamed. You, did you did you hear today? I didn't get this in the news, but since we're talking two Usos, uh, the third Uso is supposedly starting in NXT very soon. I don't know that he's going to be the third Uso, but yes, there is a Fatu that is starting in. But uh, their brother, yeah, Sika Fatu or some something. So not Sifa. Sika. There we go. Yeah, Sifa Fatu is starting in NXT. So yeah, Sifa. Uh, or he's start. He's starting in. Yeah. yeah, in NXT, not necessarily on TV. No. I know he wants to join the Usos, but uh, he's not. He's he's not as attractive as the Usos, and so I don't think he'd fit in. Um. I, I would like to see him as, like, a Kane to Roman Reigns' Undertaker. I think that could be good for both of them. He looks like he'd do a good heel role. Folks, you heard that right. Pasty White just said that Roman Reigns is equal to the Undertaker. Well, he beat him, didn't he? If you're going to put words in my mouth, I'll own it. I'll own it. Yep, Roman, Roman Reigns is greater than the Undertaker. Back on the pre-show match. The Usos versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Usos took their championship back, which means they're a SmackDown product again, which once again means that the brand split, draft, however you want to call it, the shakeup is absolutely for nothing because the Usos just came back from SmackDown to breathe some life into the Raw roster. So that's yeah, fun. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. No, no, it's it's all weird. Nice to see Daniel Bryan on the pre-show for once. I'm wondering if he put himself on the chopping block. Because it seems like a Daniel Bryan thing to do. Like, I'll be on the pre-show. Give the cruiserweights some spotlight. They deserve it. It seems like a Daniel Bryan thing. I don't think he came I don't think he came back to go on the pre-show. I'm pretty sure he's not happy about being on the pre-show. He came back to fucking main event. But we started off the actual card. With the women's Money in the Bank match, where we've seen Bailey actually defeat Mandy Rose 
Carmella, Ember Moon, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki Cross. This was a decent way to start the pay-per-view. Especially, I mean, they bookended it with the uh, Money in the Bank matches, so that's cool. You start with one and you end with one. Right. Um, the women, you know, I don't know if... I don't know what it is, uh, and I'm the biggest woman's wrestling fan, and I think that they can put on some of the best matches ever in the right situations, but in WWE, they seem to just be aiming low, and I don't know if it's because they want to keep room to grow or what, but this is not <laughs> one of the best Money in the Bank matches I've ever seen in my life. No. Not bad. No, but it was kind of sloppy in parts. There was um, There was some pretty bad spots. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, granted, like I said, the women, I said this last year, the women are relatively new to this format of a match, you know, and so they got to figure it out. Plus a lot of the women who competed in the last Carmella is the only one who's ever been in another one before. I think maybe Natalia, but I'm pretty sure Carmella was the only other one Well, on on the WWE stage, but right. You know, people like Nikki Cross, um, well, that, that actually might just be it. But, yeah, I mean, you look at some of these <laughs> yeah. people that have had more than one ladder match just, in their fucking just day. Cross, 100%. It's kind uh, of surprising that WWE put all fucking, like, WWE people in there. Of course, there's Ember Moon, but other than Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, and then, um, and Bailey, obviously. Yeah. There's not a lot of, uh, I don't think anybody, women. That's surprising. I don't think anybody had Bailey pegged to win that either. That was, uh, that was definitely a surprise. I know you and I didn't. <laughs> I will say I super loved Naomi's B outfit. Yes, oh my that gosh. was super awesome. Like I, super I, awesome. I marked out hard. Um, Naomi ended up doing a. Uh, I don't. I don't remember which two, but there was two women. Each had a ladder, and they had Naomi like sandwiched almost. They they hadn't done anything, but she was in between them. Naomi did the Matrix to miss the one ladder. And then she ended up doing a splits to dodge the other two, which I thought was really good, a really good show of her athleticism. Dana Brooke busted out a back handspring to Ember Moon when she had Ember Moon upside down in a tree of woe on one of the ladders. That was pretty good for Dana Brooke. I didn't expect to see that. Yeah, yeah. That made me happy. And then um, what I thought was going to be the end, but I still love either way, was Sonya Deville came out while everybody was out, and she picked up Mandy Rose, and she climbed the ladder with Mandy Rose in a fireman's carry, and put Mandy Rose on the top of the ladder so that Mandy could get the money in the bank briefcase. Except and I thought Mandy that was wouldn't go up awesome. the, the extra course, rung and a half she needed to go up to actually be able to get anywhere <laughs> near the briefcase. That was a little bit pathetic. She was still out. <laughs> I also have to say I'm yeah, very happy course, that Bailey that wasn't the finish in. because that would mean every women's money in the bank has been tainted. Yeah, but I did like it, and I, I, I gotta say that it feels like Bailey... It was cool Bailey came up there, but then Bailey just punched her and she fell and she got the money in the mm. bank briefcase. It's like, mm. God, we could have ended on a little higher of a note. But right. for what it was, it was okay. They could have had a better opener and they could have had a better money in the bank match, but it was okay. Yeah. yeah, and it was nice that they spotlighted a lot of these women that don't normally get a lot of pay-per-view time. Correct. Up next, uh, 
Rey Mysterio so defeated. I, I picked. I had picked Mandy Rose to win that, and you had picked uh, Dana Brooke, correct? Yes, indeed. I thought so for a while, for sure, Dana off. Brooke was going to take it. She she did not. <laughs> yeah, so we started off zero zero. You and I, and then we move on to the U.S. Championship, pasty. Yes, indeed. Rey Mysterio defeated Samoa Joe for the U.S. Championship in the exact fashion that I predicted. Quick pin, Samoa Joe's biggest yes, weakness. But and the worst part is Samoa Joe's shoulder was up, and the ref was looking right at it. You look back right, at that; the that ref is the looking right at the shoulder. Uh, they uh, they called an audible in the ring because Samoa Joe literally got broke his nose the fuck broke, out of his like, nose. And I even rewound it, and it's like, wow, so. Rey Mysterio, like, basically, like, turned around on him, basically. He fell on top of him and then yeah. rotated his body, and his hip much must have just caught the nose and pushed it up. Because there was no even real physical contact. It was just like a slide, and then all of a sudden he's bleeding all over the place. It was just enough to where it busted the shit out of his nose. Yes, and they called it did. an audible. Allegedly, that was... That was the the ending that they wanted was for Rey Mysterio to win, and allegedly the post match beatdown by Samoa Joe to Rey Mysterio was planned. It was mm. just the quick pin and the ref botch that were not planned. Yeah, these ref botches are getting real out of last... in WWE. Yeah, and this isn't the last ref ref botch we're gonna see tonight. Uh, I like uh, that what, they're working more? Dominic into this. I'm hoping Samoa Joe beats him up. I know he's been training in NXT or in the Performance Center. And he'll probably, being Mysterio's oh, son, I, he'll probably skip NXT altogether and, and, like, tag team with his dad for a while. I do have to say, we never brought up Dominic last week. I don't know if either of us knew anything about Dominic being involved. But I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say right now, not not to cover myself or say anything, because I lost. I picked Samoa Joe, you picked Rey Mysterio, and I was wrong. As soon as I seen Dominic was in Rey Mysterio's corner, I was He's like, losing. fuck Rey's winning. Oh, Rey winning, yeah. <laughs> they're not they're <laughs> not having yeah, they're not having fucking they're not having Dominic out there and Ray lose in front of his son. It's like, oh fuck, Ray's winning. Uh yeah, but, it's uh oh well. it's some rough stuff. Apparently, Rey Mysterio took injury in that match, too, so uh, WWE is going to be addressing the, the uh, upcoming with the title uh, next week. So Yeah, we got that's more on that in our injury report coming up. <laughs> but then we move on to a cage match between uh, Shane O'Mac and Mike Mizanin. Man, the Miz looked think, so Christy? good in this match again. I love this match almost as much as I loved the, uh, the match they had at Mania. On Miz's part. Shane did the good job of being a snaky little bitchy ass heel and trying to run away. But other than the finish, I I don't look at this as a showcase of Miz. I look at a showcase or I look at this as a showcase of the Miz, not that not a showcase of Shane. And overall I liked it. I like seeing Miz in these kind of matches. Okay, you and I disagree on this one because I thought for a cage match, uh, super lacked. At the beginning of the match, the the crowd was just bored off their asses and were chanting CM Punk for no reason. Um, 
they did start a This Is Awesome chant, but it was literally just when The Miz got a chair, a steel chair, and started hitting Shane with a steel chair. And that was yeah. when I said to myself, this is a steel cage match, and they're excited for a chair. These guys are underperforming, at least in my opinion. Um, I did like the ending. I, I liked the way Shane O'Mac kind of weaseled his way out of it. I thought yeah, that was fell awesome. fell out of his shirt. Uh-huh. But... It could have been a yeah, little bit smoother. It works. I, I'm kind of disappointed, though, that this feud isn't over. This should have been the end of it. Obviously, with <laughs> Shane winning the way he did, we're going to have another match. We don't want another match. We don't need another match. It's weird, though, because Shane um, has been, been taking Elias and going and up against Roman Reigns lately. So it's like, does Shane want to do this with The Miz anymore? Or is Shane going after Roman now? I don't and... Triple yeah, threat. We don't know what's Are going we going to get a triple threat? Why would we? Why would you want a triple threat? <laughs> Just ruin the Miz right there. Make him be completely worthless. <sighs> Pretty uh, yeah. unnecessary. Mm. And talking about unnecessary, we have the cruiserweight championship next, pasty. Yes, it was very unnecessary for Tony Nice to retain his title against Arya Davari. It was uh, unnecessary to have the match. It's unnecessary to have a 205 live show. I, I dare I say the way they're using it, it's unnecessary to have a cruiserweight championship. Surprise, this made it to the main show. Yeah, and, and I this think far up one the of card. us would have picked Arya if we knew our votes would have counted. Fourth <laughs> match in, that's, that's solid mid-card. That's not opening the show at all. So, good for them. That's um, not, but that is kind of popcorn break right after the cage match and before a championship match. Davari did drive a sweet-ass car to ringside. Break. That was nice. It was good. And, and Tony Nese's abs were looking as amazing as ever. <laughs> Davari didn't win, though, so that, the uh, is just sculpted. that makes me mad. I know it. Not a lot to say about I liked this. It better. It was, I liked I it better when we thought it was a pre-show match. I liked it better when we thought it was a pre-show match yeah. and it didn't matter if we were wrong. And you know what, Pasty? They would have probably put on a better show if it was a pre-show match. They really, both of them held back. Right, yeah. They didn't want to overshine what was coming up. Uh, not yeah, cruiserweights, and they're good. They're good for setting the pace. And if you don't want to put them on the pre-show, give them the opening spot. They'll do that and they'll rock it. Yeah. But I wouldn't use them as a bathroom break. Because they're not going to be able to perform at their best. I definitely get where you're coming from. <laughs> and then we had the Raw Women's Championship. Two belt Becky defending the first of two defenses against Lacey Evans. This is really also where I started falling in and out of sleep. They were both fucking rocking. Yes. Was it? Yes. But their uh, outfits I were definitely this on point. One. It wasn't great, but Lacey Evans is a little green, just like her outfit mm. yet, so that's kind of understandable. Um, I will say. Yeah, I was hoping really Lacey would have been a little bit more crisp had... in her her like debut match or whatever. But right. I'll take I'll give well, it for Lacey what Evans it was worth, and it was she focused on the arm. Mm-hmm. She targeted that. She she kept on it, and uh, I. They definitely told a good story in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. The The work was a little sloppy, but the story was solid. And it worked to set up for the next match as well. 
Um, I did like that they bled them right into each other, too. Uh, makes a lot of sense to do that rather than splitting it up and giving Becky time to rest. For sure, but we definitely have to call out another ref botch. Um, Lacey Evans. Becky Lynch pinned Lacey Evans, and the ref went to the wrong side of the two of them to where he couldn't see the shoulders. Sat there for a little bit, for about the count of four, before he Mm. switched over and then counted the three. Then Becky Lynch kicked out, and then Becky Lynch got a, a pin on Lacey Evans. So the ref really fucked up a, a pin where Lacey Evans has the argument that she had Becky Lynch pinned for three. Now, I'm always of the argument that if the ref isn't counting, of course the wrestler isn't going to try to kick out because it, it strains them and, and everything. So I get it, but they have the argument there where, yes, he was not in position, and Lacey Evans had Becky Lynch pinned for more than a three count. Yeah. Second yeah, ref botch. That happens. Another, another botch we kind of forgot about to say, too. Uh, there was a, a rope break in the cage match, which is like, what? Why? See, yeah, they called that a botch. I'm still of the mind that just because nobody ever says there's no rope breaks in a there cage match. There was a chair, that, though. I there was a chair, and it was legal. They... So at that point, there should be no rope break. Okay. I think. But they WWE say, they say it's no disqualification. There can't be a rope break. Well, wait a second. A rope break isn't a disqualification. It's saying that the opponent got to the rope, so you're breaking the hold. Now, right. you can argue if they don't break the hold, they can't get disqualified for it. But that'd be like saying it's no disqualification just because she had her, her shoulders pinned for three doesn't mean it's a pin. Well, no, that's still the fucking rules. <laughs> so I don't buy that. I don't like that. I've never had it. There's no rules in a cage match that says rope breaks don't count. So just take um, it as it is. I stand by rope breaks should count in a cage. And unless unless it's specified otherwise, to me... And honestly, in WWE, the rules change every match. So you got to take it for what it is. Like, the next one, they probably... never even know what's going on. The ref doesn't know what's going on. (laughs) The ref's like, is it a three-count or a seven-count? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fucking... It's fucking. Then, it is um, fucking. Then we have the women's. It's fucking. Then we have the women's match, though, pasty. The the SmackDown women's match. Becky Lynch defending her title against Charlotte. Woo! Flair. Yes, and I was 90% unconscious for this whole match, so I don't have a whole lot to say here. But as soon as the match with Lacey Evans came first, I knew what was going to happen. Except for the next step. Yeah. If you listen to uh, Chris Jericho's uh, band episode, because now he's banned from all WWE events, apparently. So his latest episode was called Banned! I wonder Um, if he's going to put on a punk album. He actually laid this out. (laughs) He laid this out, except he laid it out opposite. He said that it'd be Becky versus Charlotte, and then Charlotte would beat her so bad, and then they'd move right on to Lacey Evans, and Evans would win. Uh, yeah, they just went right on to the Charlotte Flair match. Charlotte Flair ended up winning, which is Was okay. It a long match? I, you can't have two belt Becky long. Was it what? Was it a long match? It wasn't long, but it wasn't as short as you would have thought it could have been. Yeah. Um, but Charlotte Flair did end up winning, and um, it it was a. Yeah, it wasn't a long match, but it, it was it a wasn't. Charlotte Becky match. I mean, it's not going to be bad. 
and it really ended up being just about, I mean, it was the same match we've seen so many times before. There wasn't anything right. special about it. Right. Right. At this point, uh, it's John Cena, match, Randy Orton. You know what I mean? Exactly. And after the match, Charlotte Flair kept attacking Becky and Bailey came out to protect Becky, to defend her against the evil Charlotte. Yes. Until she decided to cash in her money in the bank on Charlotte. And won. Why the fuck not? And won. Making Bailey, according to the internet, the first women's Grand Slam champion now that there's the tag team titles in the mix. Which, by the way, I didn't realize this is her second SmackDown Women's Championship either. I was like, when the fuck did she hold a women's title before? I didn't know. Or Raw or whatever. I didn't know she's held a women's title outside of NXT. So that must have fucking came and went. It was a yeah. It was right that. towards the beginning of the split, and it was real fast. Uh, what didn't did not last long. Yeah. Sad, but, uh, but I, I do think I this is in direct uh, direct shot to to Sasha Banks because I think they're like, oh Sasha, this could have been you, but we're gonna give it to your best friend instead. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I I think they're trying to please her, and I think she she made it sound like and i didn't watch her our smackdown so i don't know what happened afterwards but on the pay-per-view she made it sound like she wants to kind of have a more harder edge to her character and mm-hmm. this is hopefully where she gets away from her old hugging self and we'll see about that hugging self <laughs> what i would love if she reversed john cena that would be awesome I would love if she reversed John Cena. Um, I've done that in the bedroom, but I'm not sure what that is in the in the wrestling ring. <laughs> a reverse. Where she John starts Cena out an ultimate baby face and then goes back to being you... the. She she can be the the well she couldn't be the doctor of thugonomics she'd have to be something else, but from hugging to thugging because John Cena basically went from thugging to hugging. She could be the nurse, the nurse of hugonomics. <laughs> What about the nurse of geometry? What if she just came out and started drawing <laughs> random shapes in the ring? WWE firing back about the librarian role in AEW. <laughs> there you go. You got a librarian, we got a geometry there professor. <laughs> there you go. She could be yeah, a professor. We're profs, professor. motherfuckers. Professor of economics. Professor Bailey. Yeah. Um... um then yeah. we had the WWE. Uh, no, we didn't. Then we had Roman <laughs> Reigns versus Elias. Um, Fucking a. Then we had the WWE Universal <laughs> Championship match. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about this before we go on to that other one, or what? I have nothing to say about it. It was. Uh, it was a fucking. It wasn't even a Raw or SmackDown match. This was. It was over match. like before it started, wasn't it? Basically. I was still kind of sleeping at this point, and I'm kind of glad. Okay. So then we have the WWE Universal Championship match. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Yeah, this, this was a this was a good match. Let me put it this way. I want to put it this way. When I was watching it, I got about five... I got about seven minutes in, and I'm like, you know, this is solid, but these two could do so much more. Yeah. And then it's it's almost as if they heard me. And by the time I got done watching this, I was like, holy shit, this might be the best match I've seen in WWE this year. 
I loved it. Yeah, that's one that's on my docket of things to go back and rewatch because I did feel like I gave the pay per view a, a, a rough run when I slept right through the middle of it. Because all these matches are are something that I, I would assume I'd want to see, barring Roman Reigns and Elias and what's to come next. I was semi-conscious you, through this you, match. Were you sleeping through this one? Or? Okay, okay. I, I was semi-conscious. I was like, oh, this. I should try to stay awake. But then I would always wind up with my eyes closed again. I wasn't trying to fight it. It's a WWE pay-per-view. They happen every month. They, and they're usually not that great. They, they had a New Japan Pro Wrestling style match where you start off slow and then halfway through you kick it into fucking 27th <laughs> gear and you hit it home. And leave everybody saying, holy shit, that was awesome. And this was awesome. This was just fan-fucking-tastic. I loved it. Yeah, you don't have it on the one note, but do you, did you manage to catch how long it was relatively? Did they get at least I a half hour? I did not. I should have put it on the one note. Except for you put this up on the one note. So I, I did. I filled it out. <laughs> And I was like, what? Lars Sullivan defeated Lucha House Party. <laughs> well, at least they're letting the racists beat up three Mexicans. That sounds like they're doing uh, the right thing here. That's his albatross to bear. At least uh, Fat Mac <laughs> at least Fat Mac skipped that whole match and has no idea what happened. <laughs> yeah, I slept right through it and I didn't know what happened either. I was like, whoa, ha ha, okay. There you go. So we're both done with that one. Next to the WWE Championship match. A match that, Pasty, if this were to be a breakfast cereal, it would be fucking regular cornflakes. <laughs> it happened. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, well, I'm full now. I had a wrestling match. I watched it. <laughs> but that was it. This yeah, this, this match could have happened a lot earlier in the card. I think it should have. Yeah. Yeah, you could have uh, swapped the, the, only thing uh, that happened... the 205 Live, the Cruiserweight match with this and put the Cruiserweights here, and I think they would have oh, been a good sure. opener for the Money in the Bank. Literally, the only thing I have in my notes for this match is meh. That's all I have. It was like, meh. That's it. Got nothing else. Should we move on? But I suppose that's okay. No, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this one. It happened. It wasn't supposed to happen this way, and it happened, so it's a thing. I don't care. Let's move on. Um, The next match was worth it until the end. And even still, that's it's pretty cool. Next match. The next match was. I even have it down here. I think this was one of the better Money in the Bank matches ever. In quite a long time, yeah. The best ever. There's a it was lot very well so rounded, very tell, very yeah. well balanced. Oh. So I, I got a few notes. First thing I have in my notes: When was the last time we heard a Randy Orton chant? Good for him. <laughs> yeah, that happened right. right away at the beginning. Nobody uh-huh. chants for Randy Orton. That was cool. <laughs> I'm not sure why they did, but they did. I give him credit. It's um, because he wasn't the biggest Andrade, heel in the match. Shea you had Alves. Corbin and you had McIntyre, so it was like, okay, Orton could be one of the good guys now, <laughs> there kind you of. Go. Yeah. 
Um, I got Andrade Cien almost to Finn Balor's sunset flip from the top of, of the ladder to a horizontal ladder and busted that, through it. Looked yeah, that hurt. Sick. I thought that was awesome. It looked like if it would have been a little After bit more that, botched, it would have been really bad. Finn Balor took a fucking beating in this right. match. Good props to him. He did, which is good. He knows yeah. how to do it. And um, after that move, we got a chant of Zowie Wowie, which means Bray's getting over. Yeah, awesome. that's, that, that is awesome to hear. Would have been nice if he showed up in the match. Made me happy. Oh, yeah, we, we didn't uh, we disclose either game. that earlier in the night, Sami Zayn was taken out supposedly by Braun Strowman, who Triple H also removed from the arena. So there was one man lacking in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Seven men instead of eight. Yeah, I actually have in my notes way up there at the beginning when this happened. I have Braun is banned equals Braun is going to be here. And then I have Yawn. <laughs> he wasn't there, because though, so that like, was cool. Okay, Braun is... Yeah, he was. He ended up getting thrown out. He was there. Oh, I must have... Because Triple H thought he was the one that did it, and he threw yeah. him out. Oh, and then oh, Braun yeah, was but like, I mean... Oh, gosh, golly, buddy. I didn't I mean, do I it. I didn't do it, but I guess if you're going to kick me out, oh, golly, gee, I, I'm just going to leave, sir. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's not the Braun Strowman. <laughs> he used a grappling hook to throw a whole set down on some jackass at one point. Sami Zayn was hanging from what his ankles. I'm willing to bet this was a Bray Wyatt thing, and I'm thinking that comes into play this coming week. Oh, I guess I thought they answered who it was with what we got, but maybe not. I mean, maybe. So I'm going to finish up my notes because I only got two more. Well, actually, okay. I only have one more. We had an Ali Andrade Cien almost Spanish fly from the top of a ladder. That was pretty yeah. fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Fuck yeah. No, this was this was a top-notch Money in the Bank match all the way through. And then Ali plays to win. I wasn't expecting it. Climbs to the top of the ladder. Reaches for the briefcase. He's got it in his fingertips. And then music plays. And it takes me about eight seconds to realize. And wrestling logic hits. <laughs> yeah, but then well, wrestling logic hits where Ollie is just like, I guess I can't take the briefcase down now because music is playing. Hey, at least it wasn't the Undertaker's theme so song. At least we didn't have to have an Undertaker entrance while Andrade Why? stands there paralyzed. That's true, uh, but it was a good 75 seconds at least that he just waited for Brock to come down he, and kick his ass. Oh, well, there's your spoiler. Yes, Brock and Paul Heyman run down, push a ladder into cameramen, injuring the cameramen. Uh, Brock got a, Brock and, and Vince got into a fight with, about that after the Money in the Bank was over. Um, that was, it was, as soon as he like, and it was very violent push, like through it almost. Just, I'm here to make a scene. Yeah, and then climbs to the top, and yep, you fucking idiot fans. <laughs> this is what you get, I'm back. <laughs> and I could have been so mad, but Brock with the Money in the Bank briefcase is terrifying. And I like it a lot. I Not hope he doesn't that, cash in for a long I time. I hope he, like, jerks at him. Lose. Yeah, <laughs> you think he will? I can't wait for him to cash in and lose. Well, I don't think he will, but I think that would be epic. It would be cool. (laughs) 
I don't know. I just I'm looking forward to the upcoming uh, weeks. Just seeing him on Raw and SmackDown, <laughs> if he's willing to put in that work work ethic, terrorizing uh, Seth uh, uh, and that's Kofi. Funny, pasty. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're gonna see him on Raw and SmackDown? That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so before we get into um uh summarizing the show and giving our, our thoughts. I'm going to call you out, Pasty. All right. I'm going to call you out. We're talking about the match, and I said Brock Lesnar comes down, and you're like, oh, there's your spoiler. Before we even started talking about it, you said Brock Lesnar's going to cash in his money in the bank fucking briefcase. How much? I was calling back to I that spot. Him? That's why I said there's your spoiler. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Psychology, Holmes. So, um... We'll see, Sherlock. I'm the professor of thugonomics. <laughs> so, final score, Fat Matt got five, Pasty got three. It was a wild night. We had matches that weren't even supposed to be on it that happened, and matches we never even knew, so... Kind of a random wild card pay-per-view that anybody could have picked up, really. Yeah. Uh, I gave the match a B-minus, Pasty, and to be honest... It should have been a dead C, not even a C plus, a dead C. But the fact that it's a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, and I thought this was one of the best Money in the Bank matches, and it had an ending that I definitely did not see coming, and I dare say 99% of people did not see that coming. And if they say they did, they're probably <laughs> fucking lying. Right, right. You never predict so Brock Lesnar to I, win the Money in the Bank. No. What was so your reaction to it? That. I give it a B-. minus. Um, I'm jaded, so it wasn't huge. Honestly. I had maniacal laughter. Maniacal laughter. Yeah, yes. my, I, I'm jaded. For all the people so that are hating it and gonna get a bitch about it, I was just like, oh yeah, this is oh, this I is what's that. best for business, you little bastards. Squirm, cringe. <laughs> Hopefully, he never successfully so cashes I gave it in. The, uh, B- I gave it a B minus, pasty. What are you giving it? So that we can kind of average this out. I think I'm gonna go. I'll go with a B. I liked it. It was a it was a solid card. I may have napped through it, but I still appreciated all the matches that happened, except for you know, fucking Lars Sullivan defeating Lucha House Party. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think it's pretty solid. Um, there you go. The the last match really made up for a lot of the shortcomings of the whole pay per view. So what's your match of the night? Oh, the Money in the Bank match. The men's. For sure. That surprise finish okay, that's was... mine also. I, I have to get Out it. of sight. Uh, again, honestly, the better match was Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. Yeah. But I'm only giving match of the night to the men's Money in the Bank match for the same reasons I just said. A, mm. it's the Money in the Bank pay-per-view, so you got to give them points for that. They, they, they followed through on their promise. And the surprise. That was a hell of a surprise. So I'll, I'll give him that. Shouldn't mm. be that, but I'll give it to him. Um, so much more to talk about, Pacey. We're still falling behind. I'm going to push us just a little bit because the very first ever All Elite Wrestling match, let alone event, is going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or today. Today. On Saturday. Whatever Next week. you want it to be. Anyways. Yeah. We got Double or Nothing coming, which is the which is going to have the very first ever All Elite Pro Wrestling match in it. The very whatever ends up being the first match on their pre show is the first All Elite Pro Wrestling match. That's kind of yes, neat. 
I mean, I didn't watch the very first WWE match. I didn't watch the very first WCW match. Honestly, I didn't watch the very first Ring of Honor or TNA or Pro Wrestling Guerrilla or New Japan match. This might be the first major pro wrestling company, Pacey, that I actually see the very first match of ever. That is a really exciting thought. And it, it, it puts it in a place like, I don't know. I still don't know what to expect of this. Like Nobody knows. It's it's uh it's tough. And actually the this our predictions for this pay per view I think fully telegraph that like across the board. You can't call it because you don't know what this company <laughs> is yet. It's still an enigma. Everything Truly, is in a fog. That is true. All I know is I'm looking forward to it and it's gonna kick um, a lot of fucking ass. So they got a pre show, and on the pre show we have at least two matches that we're aware of. The first one, at least what we're calling the first one, is Super Bad Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. What are you thinking, Pasty? Uh, I'm not very familiar Again, with either of these matter. two. It's a pre-show. It doesn't matter. matter. Right. Uh, I'm gonna uh, on a on a shootout. I like uh, Sammy G. I just see him. I'm like, he like kind of looks awkward, but he looks like a super baby face. I think you can make a lot out of him. I'm going Sammy G. Super awkward baby face. You just described Roman Reigns, so you can't go wrong there. He doesn't look anything like Roman Reigns, though, so don't get that. Don't get that twisted. <laughs> well, no. I'm just saying just just the 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 words super awkward baby face just describes yeah, Roman yeah. Reigns perfectly. He looks um, like what? If if you could put a face on Roman Reigns' career <laughs> without it being Roman Reigns' face. And I'm going with super bad Kip Sabian, who looks like if you could put Mr. Potato Head's face on Stretch Armstrong's kneecap. Lovely. Um, do, do with that as you will, folks. Um, <laughs> I hope he starts using that in, in his booking. Book me, super bad Kip Sabian. I look like Mr. Potato Head's face on Stretch Armstrong's kneecap. <laughs> um, I'm going with him again, just like T-shirt now available on Pro Wrestling Tees. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mr. Potato Head's face, Stretch Armstrong's kneecap. I mean, that's my childhood right there. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not go for him. <laughs> and I guess that's just uh, my albatross to bear. That is your albatross to Next bear. Next up, pasty, we have. The 21-man, allegedly, Casino Battle Royal. I'm going to name a few names here. We'll see. We got Ace Romero versus Billy Gunn. We also got Brandon Cutler, Brian Pillman Jr., Dustin Thomas. Never trust a man who has two first names. It's just shit. <laughs> Glacier. Fucking Glacier. Isaiah Cassidy with a K. I know. Fucking Glacier. He's not winning this shit. <laughs> We got Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Mark Quinn, Michael Nakazawa, MJF, Sean Spears, Ten, Ten, Ten. Well, that's right, folks. Sunny Kiss, Sunny Days, and four more wrestlers that are yet to be announced. So. Basty, it's a pre-show, it's a battle royal, and we don't know everybody in it. It's just like every other pre-show. To it's a, a pre-show match, uh, and I think it's funny because this is one of my more anticipated matches of the entire card. 
I'm really looking forward well, to this. Well, it's kind of like those um, New Japan multi-min matches where it's like, yeah. it's just fun to see all those guys in there. Right, right. Uh, I would um, have to assume that one of the TBAs is going to be Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> I mean, right? We hope like hell not. <laughs> I'd mark out to see him in in, in, uh, in one of the first AEW matches. I don't mind. I, I, I wouldn't mark out for him being there. What I would mark out for is the guy who has to gently pick him up and set him on the outside of the rope so he doesn't hurt himself. <laughs> Here you go, Tommy. Let me uh, set you. You good? You got your footing. You got, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go, Tom. Tommy, I'm gonna let you go. Do you got it? Hold, I'm just gonna hold your arm. Do you got it? Do you want me to walk you to the stair? Do you want me to walk you to the steel stairs? Ref, uh, come here, timekeeper, come here. Can you help him down the steel? The the man needs help. Can you help him down the steel stair? All, all right, you got. Do you got this? You got it, Tommy. You good? All right, t- good, good. You got your life alert just in case, right? To- okay, good. <laughs> I'll see you later, Tommy. All right, I'll go visit uh, you at the home. Okay, you taking that now, buddy? So is this still gonna be like five guys start and then every so many minutes five more guys come in because that was said That's and then what it we hasn't said been- last week. And it has, I haven't heard anything about it since. And everybody's getting cards now. I would assume you sort it by suit, though, right? Number probably doesn't matter. You'd sort it by that's suit because you get five. And then, guess. And that gets you to about uh, 25. That's my guess. I don't know. It's uh, always going to be. We should mention and we're going to talk. Is it always going to be? I don't know. We should mention what? I mean, we'll have one extra, which is obviously going to be a surprise, right? Yeah. If you got four fives, that's 20. And then we're going to have one. So uh-huh. I, I think that sounds right. John Moxley. Be a, a hearts, a diamonds, a spade, a club, and then a one. Uh-huh. Um, we should mention, and we're going to get into this more later on, but Pasty, it has been announced that the winner of this Casino Battle Royal is going to go on to face the winner of the main event to determine the very first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. I don't think that changes either of our picks, but if it does, we can change them now at this point. It doesn't. It made me mine. think a little bit harder on it, but I'm not going to change mine. I would add a caveat that oh, if Moxley's in it, Moxley... Glacier, maybe. Glacier, I think I... maybe. <laughs> We could both add a caveat where if Johnny Moxley is in it, Johnny Moxley wins it. Because um, I think I'm not going to add that caveat. I don't think I don't think he would. I don't think he should. So I think he would. There, I, I don't think. Even if he appears, I don't think he'd win it. And if they do, they're making a big mistake. I don't think that's the way to go. I don't think you put over a WWE guy. That's not what they want to do on their first ever fucking show. I don't think so. That's me personally. Well, I guess we'll see how it pans out. Uh, I think it'd be a mistake. So out of this uh, hodgepodge of characters. Is that what you're going with then? Are you going with John Moxley? No, I I would add a caveat for John Moxley, but I I would Okay, I'm going with the bad boy Joey Janela. I think he's going to win this. I think I could see him in a world title match. (laughs) I think I could see him being the first ever AEW world champion. Honestly, I could see it. I like Joey Janela. He's fun to watch. Um, I'm going to take a weird random shot in the dark here, and I'm going to go with Brian Pillman Jr. Glacier! <laughs> I thought about it. I thought about switching to Glacier. 
I also thought about switching to Luchasaurus since he was like kind of a last minute addition. Sean Spears too. I mean, fuck. It's a tough call, but yeah, I'm gonna ride with my original pick, Brian Pillman Jr. I think no matter what, I don't think either one of us is picking right. So, especially with those four unannounced and, and, and any it, jokers that show, show up that are extra. And it's a battle royal. Yeah, it could be anything. Um, do you do you know the uh, the Luchasaurus? If you were no. No, I do not know the Luchasaurus. All I know is I saw him in the being the elite, and he entertained me thoroughly in about 30 seconds, and I appreciate him for that. Yeah, he's actually signed to Ring of Honor. Um, he worked in Lucha Underground as Vibora, kind of big kind of dude. He's used the Luchasaurus gimmick for a while, actually, in the indies. Um, he actually was in NXT for a cup of coffee under the name Judas Devlin. I can't say I've ever heard that name. It'll be interesting to see. I've heard the name Devlin in wrestling before. Not not everybody's Seth Rollins. He wears a mask. He wears a, uh, you know, a, a get up and everything like that. Yeah. It'll be cool to see him get a, a big stage showing. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to see Next Jungle Boy PC, get a win here, too. We have but. to announce... It just, you know what? If for nothing else, because his dad's famous. No, let's not do that. Jungle Boy should win. <laughs> okay. All right. Fucking riveting shit here. I now. know. Casey <laughs> didn't like it when I talked. His daddy about died. Him. He deserves a win. Don't, Come don't on talk now. About it. <laughs> don't talk about his dad. I was a huge nine hundred two and zero fan. In the interest of time. Ah, <laughs> uh, so the matchup next so, has been canceled. Uh, you have to mention. Yeah. Of course, Hangman Page versus Bastard Talk. That fucking uh, again, bastard. We'll get more into that later in the news, so let's just skip right over that. Other than to say, if for some reason this match actually happens, Pasty, who's your pick? The Hangman that Gravity remembered that one time. And mine is the Bastard that Gravity forgot. Moving on, we got a six-man tag match, which should be the first match on the main card. We've got SoCal Uncensored taking on Strong Hearts. Yes, folks, that's Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky representing SoCal Uncensored SCU taking on the OEI Strong Hearts, Seema, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. L. Lindemann, my favorite. I'm picking SCU Pasty. I gotta you have go to with. Explain your answer to me, because this makes very little to no sense. I know which team you're picking. I don't get the reference. I do get the Kingdom Hearts reference. The well, you're ruining it, like, it for Whoa. me now. You're already ruining it. Now you gotta go back and edit some okay. shit. So look at your time. Well, I'm gonna and... just cut it out. I'm just All gonna right. cut it out. I bet you Basically, don't. Basically, I'm picking SCU. I have no idea what the fuck you're picking. Would you please explain it to me? I'm picking Kingdom Hearts 3.8 last first day, 3.29 over. 43.4. Yeah. Would you explain to us what the fuck that means? Well, that's the Strong Hearts, and they're from China, and, and Kingdom Hearts is from Japan, and Kingdom Hearts has real fucked up names. So I thought Kingdom Hearts when I heard Strong Hearts, and I was like, oh, 
I'll make a Kingdom Hearts title for their team. And then I tied in the last Friday, but I made it last Thursday because, like, you couldn't decide if it was Thursday or Friday. And then the 329 over 43.4 is, is, is another jab at Kingdom Hearts. And then they keep re-releasing games, and that's where the 3.8 comes from. So that is me being stoned and coming up with so my predictions. So did I really ruin that joke, Basie, or did you really ruin that oh, joke? Oh, no. It was super hot when I wrote it. I don't know what you're talking about. You had to be there. I, I bet it was when you wrote it. Yeah. As of this recording, Basie, let me let you know, no longer funny. It is. I'm going to get some Kingdom Hearts fans on my side. <laughs> You know I will. I love Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts. Hearts 3.8 last Thursday. 329 over 434 days. Um, yeah. Yes. The only the only person I know in Strong Hearts is Sima. He's a really good performer. I don't know D-Hawk and L. Lindemann, but um, it'll be interesting to watch these guys perform. It's always fun to watch SCU. Yes. Uh, and I, I I just think if you're, if you're going to be working with these guys for the foreseeable future, you're going to want to put them over in the... Start and that's where I think uh, SCU takes the fall. They they are the, uh, the the ambassadors for AEW. So yeah, and then SCU is going to throw their all Makes night sense. party anyway. So that'll be cool. Next up, we have a three way match. We got Doctor Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. Pasty, what you got? Nyla, would you please turn your head and cough? All right, well, I'm going to say that Dr. Britt Baker is all in, and she takes this one. I would like to believe that uh, they wouldn't the let Nyla win. Pace, we're but... gonna knock... Go ahead, fine. You don't know, and I don't, I don't know. know. And we're I just going to move along unless you got something that you really want to dig into here. Nah. Six-woman tag match. This one's going to be interesting. We got Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki... And Imi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, Ryo Mizunuama, and Riho, who we just talked about, who is the amazing young talent that they just signed. Yes, indeed. Basically, I learned a long time ago from watching old Japanese tapes, you do not bet against Aja Kong. Basically, I'm going with Kong and Ko. Well... I uh, learned a long time ago from not watching old Japanese tapes that you always vote on the young underdog. So I'm Team Riho. Go! I love it. It's going to be awesome. Next up, we have a tag match. We got the best friends. Chucky, Me and you. T. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Yes, you and I also. We're both going to. We're in this right now. We're in it to, to win it or lose it. Because one of us is winning and one of us is losing. Best friends are taking on Los Guerreros del Cielo, which would be Angelico and Jack Evans, who we just announced last week, just signed to AEW. Uh, what do you got? I'm going to go with uh, the new smartphone, the LG Cielo. Yep, yep, yep. I, I get that, but don't tell us what your phone pick is. What are you picking for the match? That's it. The oh, Los Guerreros del Cielo. Yes. And I got Chucky T and the TB. You don't even like him. Why would you pick him? I love Chuck Taylor. I don't like Trent Beretta. It's a a conundrum. (laughs) It's like like your friend that you don't like their girlfriend at all. You got to pretend. Or the other way around, if you know what I mean. There you go. (laughs) 
Next up, we got Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Basically, the internet's going crazy over this one. This is the match everybody wanted so badly in WWE. This is the match where Dustin Rhodes revealed earlier this week at the, um, not the signing, not the weigh-ins. What was it? Anyways. Press conference. Whatever kind of show they had again. Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, he revealed his shirt, Dusty's Favorite. Oh, that he never did like Cody, uh, which is not true. He loved Cody and actually didn't spend much time with Dustin at all. And they were right. really estranged until after Dusty died. So whatever. But anyways, <laughs> I'm picking Dustin Rhodes. I think the artist formerly known as Goldust is going to take this one. I think that this could be a long term series that these guys could have and i think the best way to do it is have dustin win twice and have cody win twice and then have a big match where cody ends up beating the shit out of him that's my super long-term booking thinking but as you said pasty we have no idea how right. they're planning on booking aew you really want to see this that's match that many times got? that's my question for you i don't think i want to see this do match i want to see once. it or does tony khan and cody rhodes want to see it because that's the actual question. Right, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm Cody all day. Do I think I think, I think Cody, Cody wins. Do want to see this match five times? Oh, yeah. I think Cody wins. Cody earns the right to use his name again. Gold Dust is broken. Cody kind of picks him up, and maybe they have a tag team run as Cody and Dustin and no paint involved. But I do think that's the last time you see Gold Dust painted up. I like up. that just... I like that just for the reason that they have never acknowledged why Dustin Runnels is using the Rhodes name, mm. which he never has in the past. Like, why would he all of a sudden start using the Rhodes name, which he's never? Right. He's always either been Dustin Runnels or Gold Dust. You know, I mean, it's Rhodes is a. Um, I hate to break it to folks out there in kayfabe line. Rhodes is a fake name. <laughs> right. Runnels is the legal name. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, Cody, by the way, has changed his name legally to Rhodes, mm-hmm. which is weird because he's the only one who doesn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think that's but, for uh, this purpose. I think it means uh, a lot more Runnels, if he like, earns the name. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Virgil Runnels was Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. Virgil Runnels, and Dustin Runnels is Gold Dust, and Cody was born Cody Runnels. So the fact that he's wrestling as Dustin Rhodes, which he never has, I, I feel is going to come up later on. Yeah. I feel it should. If it doesn't, they're fucked. They're wasting some good material. <laughs> I'm oh, looking forward man, to this match, though, and it's right where it belongs in the, in the middle of the card. Go ahead. Uh, that's that's I, it. I agree. I agree. If this is where they put it. Yeah. Uh, next, next, we up, have we the AAA have Tag Team Championships. Tag Team Championships. I told you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Young Bucks are defending their title against the Lucha Bros. Pasty, yo. Oh, got? this is going to be the match of the fucking night. It's going to be super awesome. Uh, honestly, I think the Bucks, because they're the Bucks and this is double or nothing, and I think there is going to be a lot of heavy one-sided booking, even though there shouldn't be. But I think that kind of can play into other wrestlers' stories going forward as well. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, you guys are only in this to make you guys win. This is your company, of course. Da, da, da. Then you can have a lot more to go with that. So this is this is going to be different with the very next match. So let me preface that first and foremost. But I'm going to go out and say that I'm assuming All In is related to Double or Nothing, which technically it isn't, but realistically we know it is. And the Bucks beat Ray Phoenix in the main event of All In. So I think Lucha Bros should get the win on the Bucks. And I'm going with the Lucha Bros for the win, just for that reason. It would be nice for them Ray to get their titles the back win. here, too. I mean, it's their titles. The Bucks don't need to have them. But I don't know. I think the Bucks hold them until they get an actual AEW Tag Team Championships, and there has been no word in the pipeline that those are being made just yet. I'm sure they are, but there's been nothing said. Oh, I'm sure they are. Up next, we have Alpha versus Omega Part 2. Kenny Omega taking on Chris Jericho. Pasty, I am going to con- contradict what I just said before. I know Kenny Omega won their last bout together, but I think Kenny Omega wins this one again, and it gives Jericho a good reason to have a return match against Kenny Omega. And I think if there is going to be a first AEW World Champion, I think it's going to be somebody who's never been in WWE, and I think it's going to be Kenny Omega. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play the other side of the field because of the fact that the the Pac and Hangman Page match could potentially not happen. I mean, it's set to not happen. Could still potentially happen, but I highly doubt it. Um, Since it didn't happen, I think that could change up plans. Um, Chris Jericho has the super overheel role, and, and I don't see him, like, winning the championship at the next match. But I do see him being a great linchpin, trying to say that whoever he's facing isn't good enough. I would rather see an upcoming young guy versus Jericho than Omega at this point. And once again, I'm hoping that they're not across the board leaning on the, the VPs win their matches. So. Right. Okay. It's so going to be a good one. Did we ever come up with a tiebreaker pasty? Um, I mean, we can go with does it happen, because it could still happen, Hangman versus Bastard. It could have all just been a big setup to be like, well, what the fuck? First of all, I don't think we're going to need a tiebreaker as many opposite <laughs> matches as we have, right. but it could happen. You know, and I didn't do it on purpose, but I think kind of maybe subliminally in the back of my mind I did, just because we don't know how this shit's going to pan out. I was just like, I'll just keep picking the opposite. <laughs> yeah, anything could happen. But I didn't try to. I mean, do you want to go with that? Or, I mean, do you want to go yes on Hangman Bastard? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that risk this week. It's not going to come down to it anyway. I don't think there's any worry of that. Okay, so the tiebreaker is, does Hangman Adam Page versus Bastard Pock end up actually happening on the show? Pasty White says yes. Fat Max says no. We are 20 minutes behind schedule, Pacey, and we're going to keep fucking rolling. Let's rock and, and roll. Uh, we have some updates from last week's Savage Sentinel. Pacey, you want to start us off with an update? Yeah, yeah, this this, this, this kind of goes all over the place, and it's a multi-tiered layer cake. 
folks, according to TMZ, who have been wrong about things in the wrestling world in recent weeks. Ashley Mazzaro was found hanging in her Suffolk County, New York apartment in an apparent suicide. Uh, I also need to eat my own words because last week when she did pass away, I said she was 41. It was 39. I apologize there. Uh, She passed away. 39 years old. Just get that one across the board. CM Punk was the one who broke the news to uh, WMGM on Friday after he had heard Ashley had taken her own life. Though at the time, the matter of death had not been disclosed to the public. WWE aired an in-memory for Mazzaro at the start of Raw, though the vast majority of the internet feels she deserves infinitely more from the company. Since as her passing, an affidavit has resurfaced on the internet detailing an incident overseas on a past tribute for the troops tour in which Mazzaro stated she was drugged, raped, and sodomized by a member of the armed forces, while a female member of the armed forces stood on and di- stood by and did nothing. Uh, and when brought to Vince McMahon and other heads of WWE, she was pressured into keeping quiet about the whole thing. Well, on Wednesday, WWE issued the following statement. WWE is saddened by the death of Ashley Massaro, and we reiterate our condolences to her family. However, we regret that her attorney, Constantine Kairos, which is a shisty-ass name if I ever heard one, (coughs) who filed multiple cases against WWE, lost all of them, and was sanctioned multiple times by the court for repeated misconduct and false allegations. And he was using Ashley's death to further his malicious campaign against WWE by releasing an affidavit she submitted to the court and later apologized to WWE for ever being involved with. So we wish to make certain things crystal clear. At no time Vince McMahon or the management of WWE ever informed by Ashley Mazzaro or anyone else that she had been sexually assaulted, drugged, raped, or sodomized by a military doctor with a nurse standing guard while on a goodwill tour in 2007 to U.S. military bases in Kuwait. In fact, if she ever articulated such a claim to WWE, we would have reported it immediately to the base commander. At no time was there ever a meeting with Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, John Laurinaitis, or other company executives in which she told them such a claim and was instructed to keep quiet. And I I read the four-page affidavit, and it did kind of seem out there. Did you check that out? Well, first of all, I want to say that the wording of this is very fucking super specific. So, first it says, WWE was never informed that Ashley or anybody else had been sexually assaulted, drugged, raped, or sodomized. Now, here's where they get really specific. So they're saying they haven't been informed that those actions happened by a military doctor with a nurse standing guard (laughs) while on a goodwill tour (laughs) in 2007 to U.S. military bases in Kuwait. It happened in Pakistan. That doesn't mean that they weren't informed of it happening at all. Right. That just means they weren't informed of it happening with those exact (laughs) specifications. Well, those exact specifications were exactly what was detailed in the affidavit. And so I think they were just covering their bases there. Yeah, but that could have happened with a military doctor and not with a nurse sending guard. Mm -hmm. Or maybe in 2006 or in 2008 or maybe it was just off of the U.S. military base, or maybe it wasn't quite in Kuwait, and it was in U.S. soil that was in the middle of Kuwait. You know, I mean, it leaves it open. It shouldn't be that specific. They should have just 
if you never heard it, you should say WWE has never been informed of any sexual assault from Ashley Massaro during her time in WWE. Right. Like, they were super specific. <laughs> that leads me to be like, uh, you knew something. <laughs> well, if You're you read the affidavit, what, though, it does seem kind of out there. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, after reading everything, I believe this Constantine Kairos came up with the whole story himself, approached Ashley about it, knowing how sexualized WWE's women were at the time, and knowing he could cash in. Because it was, literally, she she had claimed she was on her period, but one of these military members who was escorting them kept telling her, no, you're dehydrated, you're dehydrated, you're dehydrated, you need to go in, get taken care of. She got hooked up to an IV, and then the doctor came in, and he wasn't even in, in Dr. Garb, he was in shorts, and it was his day off, so he was in plain clothes. <clears throat> and he came in and hooked up a different IV, and immediately she lost the ability to move or speak. And then another military member came in that heard something about it was his birthday. And next thing she knows, he's in there, pants down, she's being stripped, fucked, while a female nurse stands by watching and does nothing. And all of this because the people, the, the WWE superstar she was traveling with left to get lunch while she was hooked up to an IV for dehydration, which she protested to having in the first place. To me, the whole story is suspect. It's like, wow. I mean, it could happen. I guess suspect, but I mean... You'd have to read yeah, the affidavit, I, and I will make sure to get those. I, I have the sense. I have them bookmarked, and I will get them up on, on B-Sticks, but I wanted to get the episode recorded before I threw them up without the context. <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. She's dead now, so mm. it really doesn't matter. The fact that WWE didn't do something initially even just to go out and and say, hey, this kind of behavior is wrong, and the fact that the U.S. government didn't go out and say, hey, we can do something to promote how you shouldn't do that, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The woman's life is gone. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of sad honest, that this shit is getting dragged around in her, her, her. In the fucking women's division. Yeah. She just wasn't. No. She, she couldn't wrestle. She was a Barbie doll. And um, I, I never want to see anything negative happen to anybody. Um, you take your own life. I got my own opinions about that, which I'm not going to put into this podcast because it has nothing to do with it. But, I don't know. I think we should move on, Pasty. I think we should all move on and let her move on and quit bringing up shit when it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, it, well, it we does. We are going to bring up a little bit of shit, yes. but this is about somebody who actually does matter. Yeah. And somebody who's actually around and, and affected. And that's the fact that Gail Kim is heading a GoFundMe for Ashley's daughter, Pasty. She, that's Gail, along with other women of wrestling called the Squared Circle Sisters, are running the GoFundMe focused on Masaru's daughter, Alexa, being able to continue her education. Now, all donations received are going into a college fund for the young Masaru. The statement they released is, We, the Squared Circle Sisters, who had the amazing honor of working with Ashley Masaru in the WWE, have come together to honor Ashley's memory and to create light and hope in the wake of tragedy. 
We all knew and loved Ashley and her beautiful spirit. Her smile radiated the entire locker room and arenas everywhere. We also got to know Ashley's incredible daughter, Alexa. As our way to show Lexi she is not alone, we have started this GoFundMe campaign to unite us all and show Lexi and her family our love. Every dollar raised will go into an official New York State 529 college saving plan, technical schools, vocational schools, and college careers all included, to provide for Lexi's continued education, which would have made Ashley so happy. We invite you to please watch the video we put together and join us by contributing to the cause. Let's keep Ashley's memory alive now and forever. Ashley, thank you for touching our souls and for being you. And Lexi, please stay strong and know you can reach out to any of us for support. You are not alone. We love you, your Squared Circle Sisters. And Pasty, I want to let everybody listening to this now know that you can donate at www.gofundme.com forward slash Ashley Massaro's Daughter Educational Fund. Now, if you don't know how to spell all that because I just said it to you, I'm not going to spell it out, but you can go to our Facebook page and click the link because we have posted it there. And I'll pin it to the and top Gail for the next week. Kim Exactly. And Gail Kim also tweeted, I'm going to put up my gear for auction that I wore at Rebellion against Tessa Blanchard. My gear that I wore for my very last match ever. All proceeds will go to Ashley's daughter. I will let everyone know when it goes live and provide a link. Stand by. And Pasty, in just 48 hours, the GoFundMe raised over $31,000 and it's still climbing. That's awesome. It's really good to see people coming together to make sure and let me she's reiterate, taken care of. Yeah, this is not for Ashley. And as I said, I have my own feelings towards um, suicide. And despite what mm-hmm. you feel about Ashley or her acts, this is for Alexa, her daughter. Yes. This is so that she can get an education and do something good for herself. This has nothing to do with Ashley herself. So take that out of the equation. Yeah. And, I mean, somebody's got to look after her in this aftermath. I mean, it's got to be rough out there for a kid. And uh, knowing her mom, I mean, is there a stable father in the picture? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, but Pasty, I'll look after her if she wants. She can come over. <laughs> oh, jeez. throwing that out there. I want to be a good <laughs> I want to be a good man, and I want to put it out there that I will take care of Alexa. I will give her what she needs. I will help her out. She can stay here. She can. She can stay here. I will help her out. Well, will you take care I of her as well as uh, Rick Flair takes care of his son-in-law? Woo! <laughs> That's right. Rick Flair's wife Wendy told the media that his operation we talked about last week was a success. She took the time to thank everyone for the prayers and support during this difficult time for their family. It was added that Flair's doctors are optimistic that he will make a full recovery. Flair tweeted out a thank you to fans on Wednesday. The Nature's home. Thank you all for the incredible staff and doctors at Gwinnett Medical Center once again. I'm so thankful for all my family, friends, and fans for all the love. At this time in my life, I never take it for granted. I will be back up and wooing in no time. 
As a result of the surgery, the WWE Hall of Famer has backed out of several StarCast 2 meet and greets, including with the other four horsemen, and the 30 years and five stars later. Retrospective on his famous, infamous rivalry with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, as well as the roast of Ric Flair, and I guess Fat Mac thinks this was the reason all along. The Nature Boy can't handle the heat anymore, so he backed out of the roast in his son-in-law's signature event twice now. That's two years running. I, I definitely uh, don't think he respects his son-in-law the way we might have all thought he did. Roll tight on that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Come on! Come on! Is Megan like... Does he not like Megan? Is that the deal? It's like <laughs> Ashley's everything and Megan's nobody? It's because Conrad's fat. Is that what the deal It's because Conrad's fat. You know, somebody once said that Ashley inherited Ric Flair's wrestling ability and Megan inherited Ric Flair's bad choice in marriages. <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. I didn't say it. I'm just saying. I'd like to think Conrad's a good, worthy man. No. uh, You know what? He's. I want to. I think I want to be with Conrad. He seems like he'd take care of you and cuddle you. You know, I could could eat a steak in a shower and shit with him, probably. He seems like one of those guys. I think I could. Him and Megan both. <laughs> it, it is good. It is good to hear that uh, that the Nature Boy is doing well. It's good to hear that the complications they're worried about have gone over. It sucks that he's going to miss this Starcast again. Now they did say that they are going to reschedule the roast of Ric Flair. Uh, we don't know when it's going to happen. Maybe Starcast 3, and maybe he's going to back out again. Could this be Rick showing his true nature? Uh, but... <laughs> uh... But basically, speaking of the old Conradison, Conrad, Conrad Thompson responded to the scuttlebutt that occurred last week when we, the Savage Sentinel, actually reported before anyone else. That he had joined AEW. He actually he actually name dropped Beefstick's podcast, which is cool. It's <laughs> a big coup to us. It's nice to know he listened. But he said of his role, he said, "Well, no, no, it's it's great." He said, um, in reference to Beefstick's podcast, talking about how I am a commentator in AEW. I know the internet was a bust this week when the AEW website had me listed as a member of the broadcast team. I don't know why that was a surprise to Fat Mac and Pasty White, as I've hosted the first two rallies. I am not calling anything at Double or Nothing. I don't have a contract with AEW. Pasty and Fat Mac are out of their minds. (laughs) I'm great friends with Cody Rhodes. Never talk to Pasty or Mac. (laughs) But... I've never received any compensation from AEW. I don't have a contract, and I don't have any plans moving forward. Now that AEW has Jim Ross under contract, why in the world would they need me to host a rally or do anything like that? If they ask me to, will I? I don't know. Ask Beef Sticks. They seem to know everything (laughs) about me. 
you guys are my friends, and I'll continue to support them. And he, he reiterated, I don't have an official role, and my role is the exact same as it was in January or February. I'm a friend. Now, he has posted, or he has hosted their rallies and put on StarCast convention aligned with All In and the upcoming Double or Nothing, but Thompson contends that he doesn't get a paycheck and he insists that Fat Mac and Pasty White know nothing of his personal and professional doings. It sounds to me like we were onto something and he's cool scared. He's actually calling us out. <laughs> yeah. I think he is. I think he's scared of us. I think he's scared of Ric Flair. I think he knows his whole world is crumbling around him. (laughs) What's next? Is Megan going to show up at Fat Max's house late at night? We don't know. (laughs) Maybe she's here now. Who's under the table slobbing his knob? Could be a method. Could be Megan Flair. Uh Uh-oh. Might be both. Uh. <laughs> I would be a really bad guy if I did that. Yeah. Well, you're not the only one, because the bad guy has been caught in a lie. After calling out independent wrestling Uh-oh. promotion, VCW, about promoting an appearance by Scott Hall. Attention, please. Hey, yo. VCW, please stop advertising me for an appearance you never contacted me about. I will not be at the VCW event on June 15th. Thank you. The promoter of VCW took to Facebook to squash the claim saying Scott Hall has canceled his appearance with VCW on June 15th. Due to circumstances beyond our control, Scott Hall took another booking the same date. After he posted public messages on Twitter, VCW management reached out to Hall to remind him that he had made a commitment to us to appear in Norfolk to make up for a prior canceled appearance for health reasons. In July of 2017, this commitment is in writing with specific terms. It is unfortunate that anyone would conduct business in this manner in 2019, said VCW promoter Travis Bradshaw. It is our priority to provide what we advertise, and our fans deserve better from the talent that commit to appear. Anyone that has pre-purchased tickets and autograph appearances in advance will be contacted and granted a full refund on their autograph packages and an optional refund on their ticket to the event. We are working diligently to find a suitable replacement, but rest assured the event will go on. VCW fans can accept the same action-packed card that is being advertised. Hall had previously announced this appearance on a promotional video that was published last month on VCW's Facebook page. And guess what, folks? You can find it on the V-Sticks Facebook page as well. Go check it out and tell him what a bad man he is. That's shitty. It is real shitty. Really shitty. <coughs> Low down and dirty. You know, if you double... If you double book yourself, it's one thing to say, hey, I can't make this event. Mm. I am going to be at this event. If you can see me here, come here. But to go out and say, they never contacted me. Stop promoting me. When you already fucking recorded a fucking video announcing you being there. If I had to, if I had to oh guess, I'd say God. Scott Hall's probably I, drinking I again. think... I was just going to say, I honestly think Hall is still sober and not doing the, the <laughs> shit he was doing. But even if 
if you're right or if I'm right, either way, his demons are still with him. Yeah. We can all agree with that. Yes. Like, even if he's not drinking, this is, this is fucked up shit, and you don't do this. Yeah. Not cool. Definitely not. I think they should remove uh, him from the Hall of Fame. Check out. Uh, <laughs> I, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> but go to facebook.com forward slash beef six podcast. Check out the video and just see what a hypocrite he is. And, and just leave a comment. Let him know what you think. I, I think you should do that. Right. If Codrad uh, Thompson pays attention you know, to us, we know Scott, Scott Hall has to be. Getting of course, and he's not getting the TV show anytime soon, unlike pasty, stone-cold Steve Austin, who's making his way back to the USA Network. And no, before you say it, it's not for the long-awaited Nash Bridges spinoff, Jake Uncaged. Aww. But it will be in a format sure to please the fans of his podcast. The show is called Straight Up Steve Austin, and it's going to feature... The is this is this going to be him out. talking about his shower incident with a shower handle that went up his ass when he fell, and that's all it's going to be about? Straight Up Steve Austin? Straight Up Steve Austin! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was so funny when they re-aired that classic episode in this run of past episodes. Like, oh, why would you drag that back great. up? It's bad enough he told the story once. Oh, because that's straight up Steve Austin. <laughs> but this one will feature the rattlesnake hanging out with celebrities and other athletes, just shooting the shit and downing some Steve Weisers. The unscripted show will air directly after Monday Night Raw at 11 p.m. Eastern. And currently, confirmed guests include Pasty, your favorite country singer Trace Adkins. Oh, yeah. What's he sing again? Oh, yeah. Uh, country songs. <laughs> we also got Strategy's favorite NASCAR legend, Dale Earnhardt. His dad was better. Yeah. Pasty loves comedian Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, fuck yeah, he's fluffy. We also have Becky Lynch, the man, NFL quarterback, Baker Mayfield, Actor and retired USMC United States Marine Corps Reserve Officer Rob Riggle and Phantom, my son's favorite, Saul Volcano of Impractical Jokers fame. That's pretty awesome. You know, Just we better saying. get we better get an arm wrestling Just contest saying. between Becky Lynch and Stone Cold. That's uh, I think that's needed. She's the man. She's the man. She's the man. Such a man. What else we got, Pasty? Well, on Monday, WWE announced that NXT War Games 3 will take place Saturday, November 23rd in Chicago, Illinois at the Allstate Arena. So I guess we can assume that that's our uh, Survivor Series weekend. About damn time. Survivor Series. Probably. Gobble gobble, motherfucker. It's gonna be good shit. Uh-huh. Man, it's been a while since I got off, so let's get coming and going. Here, pasty. Yeah, of course. I mean, I want to get you off, Loke. Thank you. Um, Kevin Owens now joins John Cena, Daniel Bryan, as performers who have informed WWE they will not participate in the Saudi Arabia show. 
as well as his longtime friend and rival, Sami Zayn, who has not performed on any of the Saudi Arabian shows due to his Syrian background. It might surprise some folks, but Aleister Black will also not be appearing on the show. Are you, dr- are you jiggling a, a bag of Syrian gold coins not- in the background there? Jiggly, 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 jew. Um, Syrian, not Black Jew. Black isn't appearing, not because he actually cares about what's going on, but because of a tattoo. Yes, apparently a back tattoo is deemed too religious <laughs> by the Saudi government, and he won't be allowed to perform. That tattoo in question, pasty, is of Lilith, who in some folklore is the first woman to ever rebel against Paradise. Ooh, la, la. Ooh. I thought it was because of the Lilith Fair. That would be enough for me to ban you from my country. <laughs> it's kind of funny, seeing as so many wrestlers have religious mem- tattoos. Lots of crosses, you know what I mean? Yeah, one or two crosses, you know, one or two. <laughs> One or two. It is what it no is. Lilith, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. In this volatile it's wrestling landscape where people are coming and going like so many glory holes, one phenomenal face claims he isn't going anywhere. No, he will stay coming and coming and coming until the sack is dry. I mean, he is getting up there in age, folks, and by that, of course, I'm talking about the phenomenal AJ Styles. And he maintains, I can tell you that this contract I've signed is my last. This is the perfect place for me to be. It's family-oriented. I have no problem taking my family to the shows unless Samoa Joe gets involved and threatens my wife and daughter and says he's going to raise them. It's... It's a PG product, at least until next week at 11 o'clock at night Eastern, or 10 o'clock at night Eastern, <laughs> which I enjoy. You get it. Of course. I'm in the best place I can be for my career. AJ originally signed a three-year contract with WWE in 2016, and the former world champion revealed earlier this year that he had renewed his deal with the company. However, at the time, he didn't provide much details on his new contract with the company, so it's hard to say how long he expects to continue wrestling. I do believe I've heard five years, but I don't know how legit that is to say. I don't know either, but I can <laughs> say that WWE's latest signee is Marcos Gomez, pasty, and he will be making his way to the developmental brand NXT, of course, soon. The Brazilian has a background in martial arts, having trained in both Muay Thai and the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Would you expect anything different? And he's actually a purple belt in Jiu-Jitsu, which, as Pacey White can attest, Fat Mac has no idea if purple belt is good or bad or what it is. Well, it means he can kick CM Punk's ass. Yeah, it means he can kick CM Punk's ass. Well, I mean... Yes, of course. I mean, you know, a baby can kick CM. I can kick CM Punk's ass. That's nothing. Um, he actually has a pretty well-rounded background. So, basically, I think we can assume that he knows how to throw a kick and latch on a good submission, which is a good start for pro wrestling. 
Gomez was one of 14 Brazilian athletes that tried out in Chile last year for the WWE. As far as we know now, he's the only one currently signed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And hey, you brought up Baby and kicking CM Punk's ass. And I got another coming that never made it into the news, and that is Bray Wyatt and JoJo had their beautiful baby boy, named him Nash Six Rotunda, setting that up for a good future right there. If he ain't a wrestler, I don't know what he's going to be. But congratulations to them on the beautiful house-breaking baby. And also, according to a report from PW Insider, Scarlett Bordeaux asked for her release from the Impact Wrestling recently. Although, Jordan Grace was reported to have agreed to a multi-year deal with the promotion back in October, she hasn't actually put ink to paper on a contract until this Monday. Now she's officially signed with the Canadian promotion. Congratulations, Jordan Grace. Pretty cool. At least Scarlett won't be in her way. I mean... I love Jordan Grace. We don't know <laughs> that she was granted her release, but um, for sure, I love Jordan Grace. I think she made a, I think she made a good decision to sign with um, Impact. Depending on how, as long as it's a short term contract, mm. I think she wants to keep her. I hope she wants to keep her options open. Yeah, but she is amazing. I've I've said over and over again on this podcast how much I love Jordan Grace and. I think she does awesome for promoting how, and I hate when I sound like I'm negative when I say this because I'm super positive, how bigger, full-figured women can be beautiful, sexy, strong, powerful, confident, feminine. I mean, she looks just like a woman and she just happens to be full-figured. Mm. Yeah, no, she's one I would definitely like to see make it to WWE in this sea where I don't want to see anybody going there anymore. I think her message and what she brings to the table could do well in WWE. I 100% agree. And Pasty, what, what our alcohol inebriators bring to the table is important to us and our fans and so i would like to take this time to talk about what kind of alcohol are you drinking well i still got the evan williams and coke don't get me wrong but tonight i am drinking on spotted cow by new glaris brewing company folks you can only purchase this beer in wisconsin of course it's brewed and bottled in new glaris wisconsin and it is a, you can taste the Wisconsin magic as soon as you crack the bottle. Let me tell you what. Every drop of Wisconsin's original farmhouse ale is artisan brewed and bottled by hand. Spotted Cow adheres to the Reisengebot Purity Law, using only four hand-selected all-natural ingredients. And thank God for that. I always expect my beers to adhere to the Risen Heist Gibot Purity Law. 
Of course. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Yeast, hops, water, and malted barley. We allow you to remain in this bottle to enhance the full fullness of flavors. It's a good beer. And if you ever find yourself in Wisconsin, go ahead and pick yourself up a case. Although I have to say, after you have had not beer, it does taste a little bit like water. So don't drink anything else. <laughs> Just drink New Glarus Brewing Company Spotted Cow. Well, something that doesn't taste like water is new. another new, New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger IPA. The story of this is that and the Ireland's voodoo priest wandered off and ended up in the forests of Wyoming, where he took on the job of, of a forest ranger. He ended up having a child with a local native woman. That child was a pyromaniac who started a fire. That fire consumed three quarters of the forests. Well, Voodoo Ranger had to come out there, help put it out. And when he put it out, he gathered the soot, the soil, the water, and yes, his own son's ashes. Mixed them together, poured them in a bottle. Drank it and pissed into a bottle and sold it as Voodoo Ranger IPA. Hey, you know what? I'm going to have to say this right now. This is the funniest fucking thing in the world. But when I went out to visit Strata last night, or last weekend, that was the 12-pack I bought. I have Voodoo Ranger in my fridge right now. That is so awesome. (laughs) I'm in love with you. (laughs) On the same page, even when we don't try to be, folks. That's a good-ass beer. I know it. But does it adhere to the Reisenheis Gibbot purity law? That's the real question. It does not. Honestly, if it's a German name like that, you shouldn't be associating yourself with any kind of purity law. Kind of true. (laughs) Pasty. I am going to pause this right now. I'm going to throw the dogs into the bedroom, get them out of here. You're going to stop jingling uh, your Syrian change? The show. They're pissing me off. Something's up with the internet this week, too. You're like two seconds behind me. I talk, and then there's a big gap before you say anything. I've noticed that, too. It's really bothered me from the beginning. It's like everything I say is like way late. I've had a whole sentence before you respond to me. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be fun editing this week. I'm glad it happened with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you back here in a minute. But yeah, I'm getting rid of the dogs right now. I will be right back. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed. Go to bed.
All right. Yes, from Voodoo Rangers. Right, okay, uh, I was gonna come right back in. <laughs> don't don't come right back in. Let's count us in. I'm gonna clap so I kind of know where we're going, and then you can go to Voodoo Rangers. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. Yes, from Voodoo Rangers to Spotted Cows and everything in between. When you party like the beef sticks and you don't have supervision from a professional, you're liable to get hurt. As some of these wrestling superstars have found in this week's injury report. Coming in at the top, uh, Ruby Riot underwent surgery on her right shoulder earlier this, this week to repair a bilateral injury. WWE noticed, noted that she will undergo surgery on her left shoulder for the same injury as well at a later date, so she's still going to be out for quite some time. Kind of miss her a lot, actually. Sad. Yeah. Sad. She's got quite a future ahead of her. Mm. Yeah. In this in this field, she's she's definitely sorely missed. Um, somebody else who's sorely missed. According to the Wrestling Observer, Bobby Fish was injured at a live event in Philadelphia back in this month, May 17th. Fish and O'Reilly were facing Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Lorcan kicked Fish in the head and he was knocked, quote unquote, silly. After the match, Fish said he did not think it was silly. <laughs> Even though he looked woozy, the ref seemed to act like he wanted to stop it, but Fish did several more spots. After a while, the referee threw up the X symbol, and Fish was tended to by training staff, and they quickly got him to the back. It was not serious enough to send him home, but he did not compete for the rest of the tour. Well, that's what we call a vacation. See what's going on with him. We will update you. Yeah, we will update you on any more reports we get. If he's going to be out longer, hopefully he gets back right away. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, Undisputed Era has been kind of plagued with injury over the career of the stable, and it would be nice to have everybody yeah, in one place for a little exactly. while. Yes. 
Also, NXT champion Johnny Gargano has apparently been working through a knee injury. This is one of the main reasons that Gargano had been helping produce some of the Florida NXT house shows and has only had three TV tapings since March, including NXT TakeOver New York. Only three. Surprising. Yeah. Got a part-time champion on NXT. People be bitching tie high hell if it was Brock Lesnar. (laughs) Gargano is reportedly doing much better now, but there's no official word on whether he will be wrestling a full-time schedule again, though he is scheduled for the upcoming NXT TakeOver 25, the first numbered TakeOver in history, where he will defend his title against Adam Cole. It's about time they switch to numbers. Looking forward to that. Well, I don't think they're going to stick to it. I think it's just for this one. <laughs> because obviously they have one after that. Yet I think it's time to just quit making them takeovers and start giving them names. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Yep. Give them a, a year schedule like pay-per-views for WWE. Might as well. Vince won't be happy when there's been more well, takeovers than than WrestleMania. That LAX's Santana had a tear in his MCL. Much clown love. Whoop whoop. Time off in order to heal up and avoid surgery. It wound up not being as much time off at all as we expected, as he has revealed that he's medically cleared to return at any time now. So that is. Very good news for Impact Wrestling and LAX as a whole. Yes, it is definitely a miracle, like magnets. How do they work? How do they work? Next up, Pasty, we have, of course, the obligatory weekly elite dirt sheet. And we all knew with Double or Nothing coming (laughs) up in less than a week, in just a few days, Days that there'd be so much news on the elite calendar. Pasty, bring us in. What do we got going on in the world of all elite wrestling? Well, as we brought up before, it seems AEW is already having issues with the performer. The match between Adam Page and Pac has been called off. It was reported the cancellation was due to creative differences as Pac, who is the Open the Dream Gate champion, refused to lose a ha- to the hangman. Instead, they compromised on a match for WrestleGate in Nottingham, England, where Pac lost due to disqualification, and AEW showed the match on their BR streaming service and the Elite YouTube channel this past Tuesday. Fifth Uncle Twice Removed Dave said of the ordeal, Essentially, the deal is Pac is the Open the Dreamgate champion in Dragon Gate, and he wasn't going to lose and wasn't losing the title in the UK. Meltzer said, it wasn't so much this show, and I think that's where everyone is all confused. He went on to clarify, AEW have an idea of what they want to do with their storylines, and it was a long-term thing, and this no longer fit. Meltzer continued, it wasn't if he could do the job on the show or not. That wasn't the issue. He wouldn't, but that wasn't the issue. doesn't make a lot of fucking sense what Meltzer said. Just <laughs> no, it doesn't. But people hang on his every word uh, like it's gospel. It wasn't that he 
wasn't refusing to lose, but he wasn't going to lose. But it wasn't that he didn't want to lose at that show. It's just that he didn't want to lose in general. And he wasn't going to lose at the UK show, but it wasn't necessarily for AEW. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense, because wouldn't you rather lose in, to a different in a different I, I company than losing via DQ in your company? Like, to me, I don't know. Taking a loss somewhere else is better than taking a loss in your own yard. I mean, I can, I can understand him not wanting to lose, and I can... I, I mean, let's spell it out here if we didn't already. The The theory is that since he's the champion, he didn't want to lose to Hangman Page, which he was supposed to do, and AEW didn't want to do a fuck finish, quote-unquote, that's what they call it in the business. They didn't want to do a DQ or a run-in finish or whatever. They wanted an actual finish to where Hangman would have won. Now, the title wasn't on the line, so Hangman wouldn't have won the title, but he would have beat the Dragon Gate champion. And to be fair, Dragon Gate has always been very good to Pac and helped him out so much at the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is, I mean, it's just to me, it's showing shades of his ego from the end of his run in WWE. I'm the top guy. I'm going to be the top yeah, guy. If it's any other way, I want to go. Well, yeah. My understanding is it's Pac doesn't want to lose to somebody who's not a main event guy. And you know what? Let's put it out there. At this point, Hangman Page is a mid-carter. In my opinion, AEW should only book him for one more match. And that match is Pac versus Austin Aries versus CM Punk for the biggest asshole in the universe. <laughs> and somebody gets a big old cup with two butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, but you know what? Let's let's talk about better things. Let's talk about positive things. And pasty on the news <coughs> being the elite, which was released this past Monday. Matt and Nick offered Brandon Cutler a shot in the casino battle. Not Brian Cutler. Earlier. And then surprised him, though. Not Brian. Brian Cutler is an old white man who produces B movies. <laughs> um, he's not going to be at all in or in double or nothing. Either one. But Brandon Cutler actually got surprised with a full-time AEW contract. He was crying. Not only that, though, Pasty, they gave a card to Jungle Boy. Most likely with the number of the group he will be entering with. For those of you who don't know, Jungle Boy is the son of Luke Perry, and he was sat atop the shoulders of one... Luchasaurus, who we talked about earlier, and Nick also invited the Luchasaurus to participate in the Battle Royal, even though Matt, and that being Matt Jackson, protested, saying, it's already fully booked. Nick, that being the Jackson, Said they'd figure it out. 
that they'll probably just can Michael Elgin. Sense, so I'm not gonna no, say they'll it. can Michael Elgin. They'll just scrap him uh, from but the. MJF attempted to murder Dustin with the Master Sword, and another card poll saw none other than Sean Spears, or as the WWE quote unquote universe might know him as Ty Dillinger, who's pasty 90-day non-complete clause from his WWE contract will inspire, well, expire. It will inspire. Less than 48 hours before double or nothing. Sean Spears had this to say, when all odds are stacked against you, always bet on yourself. And then... He revealed a tarot card, which was death with seven swords stuck in him. And we all knew he was not winning <laughs> the battle. Uh, not only that, but the Young Bucks sat down with Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated to promote Double or Nothing. During this interview, the Bucks spoke on their creative team process, a 24-hour day live group chat with all the heads and employees Saying some think more traditionally while others think far more outside the box, but they always manage to come together on a middle ground, and it just works. The new TV deal with TNT was another topic of discussion, and they were informed by Barrasso that WWE is already planning on airing a program directly opposite of them once their Fox deal goes through, and the show will be on Fox Sports 1. My only thought here could be NXT. This was brought up quite a while ago, that NXT could be airing on Fox Sports 1. This came as a shock to Matt and Nick Jackson, who said they had never heard of such plans until that interview. So it looks like we could be on the verge of the Tuesday Night Wars, folks. And NXT are the martyrs on the chopping block. Could be fun. It could be fun. I think it sucks. I think it's it's going to be... I mean, it's WWE's best op- opportunity to take on AEW. Yeah, because even, even on Fox Sports 1, NXT is beating AEW hands down. Um, there's not really even a competition because they just don't have the marketing. They don't have the, the background. They don't have the publicity. They don't have the fans. Well, the question here in my mind is... They're a brand new company. They, don't, they have zero fans as of now. They don't exist. <laughs> Ticket sales would say different, but my question is: Is um, NXT are are all the fans who watch NXT on the WWE Network going to switch to watching on Fox Sports One when they already pay for the network and watch it there? Is that really going to do anything in the ratings? I don't know. No, no, NXT still they're still going to watch it unless they do like what they do with Raw and SmackDown and don't put the episodes on the network time a month later. WWE tickets then ever bought um, AEW tickets. Hmm. I mean, easily. Yeah. But, in an excellent interview with Chris Van Villay, Cody revealed that AEW's TV show will air two hours weekly, as we mentioned before, and also hinted that the new AEW belt, as many backstage insist on calling it, just despite Vince, will be unveiled at double or nothing. 
He also stated Adam Page is still looking for a new opponent. So hopefully we get a match with Adam Page. And many top stars are clamoring for the position. And that new plan moving forward is that the winner of the Casino Battle Royal, Pacey, as we mentioned, will be facing the winner of Jericho Omega at a future event for the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Awesome. I'll tell you another thing that's awesome. Second generation man of a thousand holds. Dean Malenko has announced that he's signed a multi-year deal with AEW as a senior producer and coach. The former cruiserweight and United States champion worked behind the scenes for WWE for more than a decade, but as reported in the Savage Sentinel, left earlier this year. Well, another long-term WWE guy who left earlier is Jim Ross. And Pacey, in a recent interview with ESPN, Jim Ross revealed his role in AEW, explaining that he won't only be doing commentary. It was kind of interesting. He said that he's also a senior advisor as well. He explained that he can advise anyone in the promotion, and that includes the president, Tony Khan. <laughs> Jim Ross said, quote, I'm going to I'm going to do all I can to help this young group. Share what I got, what knowledge I have, what expertise I have, whatever it may be in the infrastructure of the talent relations department or other areas. As senior advisor, I can advise anyone in the company, especially the president. So I may be as much as Tony Khan's consigliere as any other job. He also pasty claimed in that same interview that he is not part of the talent relations. Which is just the perfect spot to be if you're a pl plant by Vince, isn't it really? Well, let me say this though, pasty. Let's go back to this interview that I have quoted. So I haven't changed anything. He says, what expertise I have, whether it be in the infrastructure of the talent relations <laughs> department or other areas. But I have nothing to do with talent relations. Later on, he says, I am not part of talent relations. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I also heard a rumor that AEW <laughs> might be interested in signing Jerry the King Lawler. I just figured that'd be important to add in here if it happens. I heard that they wanted to hire Jerry the King I don't think Lawler, that's a good idea for anybody. But that there was a... Well, I heard that there was a fifth graders field trip at Chuck E. Cheese the same day and that Jerry the King Lawler was looking for a new woman and he might be getting that. Nope. <laughs> Well, in other news, folks, Xfinity has been using a screen grab from WWE 2K's Arena Creation Mode for Saturday's Double or Nothing event. <laughs> That's very immature and insulting to AEW. And this is why Xfinity is our Jerry of the Week. It doesn't even look good. Jerry of the Week! It's too much light blue. Like, nah. It doesn't. It looks really cheap. 
Have you seen what their stage setup looks like, How though? How do you fucking do this, man? I have no idea. Have you seen what their stage setup looks like? Well, I haven't seen the legit one. I've seen Remember back old old I've Impact old Impact pay-per-views yeah. when they had the entrance tunnels on either side of the, the Titan Tron? They got entrance tunnels. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll be pretty cool. We'll yes, we will, and we'll bring all that to you folks we're, right we're here next week. It, right? Oh fuck yeah! I'm I'm probably watching it twice. Twice, thrice, thrice. We don't know. With that being said, thank you for joining us. Yes. For this week's risky business. And we hope that you join us next week for more insanity. Yes, next week's episode of Frisky Business. When we chase each other around with whips and chains and lubricant. Whips and chains and hands, cuz. Smack a little booty up with my belt. Scream help. Dracula. Don't scream help. Just tune in next week. We'll be here for you. Yes, get my veins. stopping it there you know that right no, horseback no, let me get no, my no, reins no 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 we stop we stop no 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 <laughs> all right guys i'm for b6 podcast and cloud style broadcasting as always i've been pasty and i think i'm shim shim that's my favorite you there is and continue to be, continue being your favorite you in this next week. We'll see you on the other side of the definitive launch of AEW. Good night and good luck. <laughs>